20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, Packers fans, and welcome back to another episode of Pack a Day Podcast. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ross Uglum. You can find him on Twitter, at Ross Uglum. And I'm Cor- I am uh, Jacob Morley. You can find me on Twitter, at Jacob Morley. Ross, uh, not, a lot of talk- not a lot to talk about today, honestly. I mean, we were kind of you know, struggling for topics, wouldn't you say? Yeah, another slow, uh, another slow day in the news, that's for sure. Gosh. For, uh, we're, no, Ross, let's jump right into this because no fluff. We just talked off air. I asked Ross, do you want to talk about the game? He said, nope. I said, nope. So we're not going to talk about the game because there's nothing really to talk about. But big news last night. Um, if you listen to yesterday yesterday's episode, um, they kind of hit on this and they kind of got their rapid fire reactions. You know, now that it's been 24 hours, you know, on the dot almost, probably a little bit over that when you guys are listening to this in the morning or, or tomorrow, um, you know, Mike McCarthy obviously was relieved of his head coaching responsibilities for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, so moving forward, what does that mean? Uh, a lot of uncertainty surrounding, you know, 1265 Lombardi right now. Before we even get into any of this, though, you know, Mike McCarthy, you, he deserves a tip of the cap from every Green Bay Packers fan. And Ross, I'll let you talk on this too. But I, you know, he's been the, the Packers coach, obviously, for the last 13 years. You know, so he's for a lot of, you know, especially younger Packers fans, he's been the guy for the majority of your life. He's been the Packers coach for almost more, you know, almost half of my lifetime. Um, so, you know, he, you know, you got to really respect the way he went about his business in Green Bay. I love the fact that you you can't really point at him ever throwing anyone under the bus in Green Bay. I think that's such a great characteristic of a, of a, of a fantastic leader. Honestly, the worst thing he probably ever did to a player was come out and say that Eddie Lacy needed to lose weight. I mean, and if that's the worst, most heinous thing you've done to one of your players, um, tip of the cap to Mike. Obviously, he brought the Lombardi Trophy home. So, um, honestly, with Mike McCarthy, I think he will. We will look back very fondly on his tenure in Green Bay. So, thank you, Mike, for everything that you've done for uh, Packers fans everywhere. Yeah, the, no question about it. I wrote something. It's up on Cheesehead TV. You know, generally I'll do a, uh, a film review, take a look at the tape, uh, try to you know kind of. Um, point out some observations as uh, talking points, things that we can really look forward to as the uh, possibility of the, um, you know, all 22 comes out and we really get to kind of get into things. But I just didn't feel like that was appropriate uh, at this time. And and I didn't feel like it was helpful. Uh, the season's kind of uh, over. And it's not that the coaching staff uses anything that I write about or, 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 uh, analyze to help them win games. But just in general, I thought what people wanted to read today was probably more about, uh, you know, the coaching change and, and what had happened in the past and what might happen in the future for the football team. So, um, my kind of appreciation for Mike McCarthy and everything that he accomplished as a Packers head coach is over at Cheesehead TV. You know, I, I probably, um, you know, got smart enough to really understand what was going on with football 
uh, up and down the roster as far as salary cap stuff, draft stuff when I was 14, you know, 15 years old. So the sentient football fan in me uh, really only has four years of even knowing what life without Mike McCarthy is. And those years were a long, long time ago. He's been, as you mentioned, the head coach for most of my, uh, what I would call my intelligent football fan life. And so things are going to be really, really different next year without him. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and I think that's what we need to talk about today moving forward is just, you know, this is very, this is very much so for a lot of us Packers fans, uncharted territory. Uh, I have a lot of lot of buddies that aren't Packers fans kind of reaching out to me just saying, hey, what what do you think is going to happen next? And honestly, we don't really know. Um, I, I was I was very surprised that Mike McCarthy was let go before the end of the season. But looking back on it and, and kind of after the dust has settled, I think that's the right decision to make. And on both, you know, on both for both parties, I, I feel like. You know, Mike McCarthy probably didn't want to have to go through a month of rumors and people, you know, kind of the dead man walking type thing. So they kind of just put him out of his misery, kind of unceremonial, uh, you know, you know, kind of, not the way I guess you'd want to go out as a Super Bowl winning coach. But uh, this is a business. And so moving forward, Ross, I, I saw today that uh, Vegas, you know, and you have some opinions on, you know, Vegas odds and things like that. But my take on this is, you know, if you remember back about two or three weeks ago, they came out with, you know, it was after Hugh Jackson was was let go. They had the odds of who the next head coach in the NFL was that was going to get fired. And Mike McCarthy sat atop of that list. And lo and behold, they got that right. So part of me wants to say, OK, do the odds makers have good sources in Green Bay? So with that knowledge. You know, they, they let out a list of about 10, 15 guys uh, that they think, you know, who are odds on favor to be the next head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, what's interesting, I think, is how the top, there's three guys at the top that their odds are, are exponentially higher than the rest of the list. And those guys are, number one, Josh McDaniels, who we'll talk about here in a second. He's kind of been the name to surface to the top right away. The uh, the really sexy name, Lincoln Riley, is is second on that list. And I guess I should, should say Josh McDaniels is at plus 170, Lincoln Riley uh, plus 275, and John D. Filippo at plus 275 as well. So I would say, you know, and Ross, you can talk about this, but I would say from my, for my money, one of those three names that I just said, I would probably give a pretty good chance at one of those three names being the next head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Ross, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I, you know, I'd like it to be Lincoln Riley. I think it probably is going to be Josh McDaniels. It seems, uh, you know, like the way this is going to go. Where there's smoke, there's fire in a lot of these situations. And McDaniels has consistently been the guy at the top. I think if you're talking about just a raw talent perspective, from a coach, and if you're talking about uh, just, you know, like the biggest upside that you could possibly have, I think you would probably take the Belichick disciple um, who already has had a chance to be a head coach, was probably given a little bit too much responsibility, but ultimately I think remains a guy who's so brilliant and, and really truly has a chance to, I think, 
be a top five coach in the league. And, and that's really what you're trying to find. Uh, you're trying to find Sean McVay. You're not trying to find Jeff Fisher, if you understand my meaning. I mean, I always maintain that McCarthy was never worse or better than the 10th or 12th best head coach in the league, maybe uh, 13th, 14th, 15th this year, dead average. He basically accomplished, as Bill Barnwell pointed out today, everything that you would expect an average head coach to accomplish, consider the talent that he was given and consider the quarterback situation. And that's not what you're looking for. You're, of course, looking for every advantage you can possibly get. And one of those potential advantages has to be having an elite head coach that uh, for sure increases your chances to win every week. And, and that's what you're going for here. I really don't think they need to, uh, you know, try and again, find just a top 10, top 12 coach. They need to shoot their shot. They need to try and find a guy that with the right staff uh, could, could truly be at the top of the heap. And that's with Josh McDaniels too. You you hear the reports today of other, you know, uh, you know, assistant coach types that are kind of holding off on other position or on other job offers, excuse me, because the prospects of working underneath Josh McDaniels in green Bay is something that's very appealing to them. And our very own uh, Jack Wepfer, actually he had a really interesting observation today. I'm just going to read both of these. And so in the first one, I'm not sure what the source is for this one, but it says a handful of NFL assistant coaches have indicated interest in joining a McDaniels led coaching staff in green Bay. According to sources who spoke to Yahoo sports on Sunday, so much so that at least one has pulled his name from consideration for a college coordinator position. Fast forward to Ian Rappaport uh, tweeting also today. Because many in the NFL have been monitoring, spoke to a source close to Cliff Kingsbury, who said Kingsbury hasn't agreed to any deal and is still vetting both college and NFL offers. This one is still early. So the prospects of Josh McDaniels, to me, you know, there's a lot of cons that we can talk about. But one of the biggest pro for me is if he could somehow get Cliff Kingsbury to come in and be his O.C., the idea of that to me is is very appealing. And Kingsbury and um, and McDaniel's actually have some ties. You know, back in two thousand three, when Kingsbury was drafted by the the Patriots, you know, McDaniel's was there. He was a defensive assistant in two thousand three, but in two thousand four, which would have been Kingsbury's, you know, his entire off season, you know, Josh McDaniel's was his quarterbacks coach because he got promoted. So there is there is a level, you know, there's a there's a connection there. Um, and the prospects of those two coming in, that's what's that's what's really exciting to me, Ross. Yeah, uh, you know, the, the, the questions, of course, are, you know, the way things went in Denver, uh, the, the, the decision to select Tim Tebow, which I think is kind of a, a black mark on, on everything that he did. And then, uh, you know, the the way that. Uh, he he kind of duped Indianapolis and they ended up with Frank Reich, of course, but that whole situation, I think just left a sour taste in everybody's mouth and, and, and gave you a little bit of that Lane Kiffin vibe. But like I said, ultimately, and you're, you're talking about Kingsbury uh, excitement, you know, that's the, the word is so much excitement around what could be, 
uh, I think it has every potential to blow up in everyone's face too, you know? Oh, yeah. uh, but the upside, like I said, is there to really go from uh, McCarthy having almost no effect on the team's ability to win. Uh, some might argue he had a negative effect on the team's ability to win, but to really having a chance to have a top end coach uh, or coaching staff that improves the club's chance to win every single week. And ultimately, what else are you trying to hire a coach for? Right. Well, and that's, you know, take two really bright, young offensive minds and say, hey, here's arguably the best weapon in the NFL. Have fun. You know what I mean? The the, the type of imagination that they could come up with, um, I mean, it's limitless. It really is. And that's, you know, the, the next best thing, It's and my top guy would be Lincoln Riley, but if, if Josh McDaniels comes in with a Lane Kiffin, I think you're getting kind of, you're kind of getting a similar deal. Um, but we'll see. And, and to stay on Josh McDaniels here for a second, one thing that I, I found really interesting today is, you know, I, I don't remember who it was, but I remember someone tweeted, you know, people that are close to Josh McDaniels have basically said that he is interested in the Packers job but he doesn't quite understand what the Packers weigh or how the Packers do things yet. And to me, that's, that's interesting because one, what the heck does that mean? And two, you know, you're talking about two franchises in the Patriots and the Packers that both have seem to have a very high standard. So how different could those two cultures really be? Um, Ross, I know you had some thoughts on that that I thought were really interesting. So I'd love to to hear those again from you. Well, again, you know, it's I don't think I don't think anybody probably gets as brainwashed as the Belichick crew does. Uh, the Patriot way is very real, um, and it, it, it's about as strong, you know, as Packer people, as as Mike would say. And so uh, it's, it's, it's just such a polar opposite. You know, uh, New England in general is a very populous area. Um, it's a very new tradition. You know, the Patriots really weren't anything until uh, Bill Belichick got there. Parcells brought them to one Super Bowl in, you know, 96. I think they were in a Super Bowl in the 80s as well. But no victories, you know, until uh, Belichick won one. And so it's, it's very much a culture in New England put together by Bob Kraft and Bill Belichick and, and kind of, you know, nobody else and nothing before that. The, 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 the tradition of the Green Bay Packers goes back as far as football goes back. I mean, uh, what are the Patriots without Tom Brady and Bill Belichick? Well, nothing. What are the Packers without Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy? Well, they're, they're Brett Favre, they're Reggie White, they're Bart Starr, they're Ray Nitschke, they're Jerry Kramer, they're 13 NFL World Championships. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. So it's not surprising that, uh, you know, this small town uh, legendary football atmosphere is just not something that McDaniels really understands because it is just so much different from everything uh, that he knows and and certainly so much different from any expectations that he would have had on him in New England as far as uh, uh, involvement in the community and kind of being everything that McCarthy was and everything that, you know, people are really lauding him uh, for being. So that is, I guess, what I would definitely uh, pay attention to and watch moving forward as McDaniels either is or is not a realistic candidate for this position. 
Yeah, uh, you hit the nail on the head. That's that was great. Uh, the you know the thing with McDaniel's too is for for me personally, that's I can't get over. It, it would be hard for me to get over what he did to Indianapolis last year. You know, he's put he put guys out. You know, I mean, he took a job in Indianapolis. He had guys hired. He had guys lined up, only to back out. And you know, he's leaving those guys with nothing. So I think it's it's curious to me. You know, and I get it. The NFL is, uh, is it's it turns over so quickly, but how, you know, how, how are there guys that want to work with him in Green Bay? How how is there a buzz about him in Green Bay when they know, hey, this guy kind of pulled the rug out on multiple families and you know, and men last just last year. Uh, so that's a really interesting thing to me, and to kind of hit on what you just said. Does that really fit then in a small town in a tight knit community like Green Bay? So that's something to keep an eye on. And, you know, this is something that's going to be talked about for the next, you know, four weeks at least, uh, because they're not, you know, my uh, Murphy, Mark Murphy came out and, you know, blatantly said today, we're not going to hire anyone until after the season, which is smart on their part, just because they don't want to get hit with the tampering thing. But, um, so that's interesting to me. I'm sure uh, McDaniel's will be talked about, you know, at length. Uh, he's really the only one so far to surface with any tangible um, type of you know connection to anything. You know, the Lincoln Riley stuff is you know that's that's really just hearsay. Uh, that's really just people going out and saying, well, the the Packers' job is is honestly probably a top three coaching job in not just the NFL but probably all of sports. So. When the Green Bay Packers call, you pick up the phone, you listen. Uh, so that's 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 interesting to me as well. Uh, the John D. Filippo one, that's interesting to me. I think Ross, you're kind of a big fan of his. I'm not really that familiar with him outside of um, I know he's the quarterbacks coach last year in Philadelphia, uh, but I haven't been super impressed with what he's done in Minnesota this 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 year as their OC. So. Uh, I don't know if you have any opinions on him, or I feel like I've heard you say that you're kind of a, a Filippo fan. So if you're a fan of his, I'd love to hear why. Well, I, I just think that he is a really smart offensive mind, and he, he's worked with, uh, you know, Doug Peterson. He was key in the development of Carson Wentz. Um, so I, I just I think he's getting a raw deal right now uh, because the Vikings aren't very good on offense. The Vikings aren't very good on offense because they gave, you know, the, the poster child for average quarterback play. He's always about the 15th or 16th best guy in the league. Uh, they gave him $28 million guaranteed and they locked up their roster basically uh, with no talent on the offensive line and very thin talent as, uh, as, as pass catchers. Um, you know, I think Thielen and Diggs, if if not Smith Schuster and Brown, are the top receiving duo in this league. And beyond that, though, what, what do you have? I mean, Laquan Treadwell is terrible. Aldrick Robinson is inconsistent at best. Uh, I think you know Kyle Rudolph is, is is overrated. He's a nice player, but he's not a consistent field tilting tight end that there just isn't that much for him to work with because it's a bottom three offensive line in the entire league. And 
I don't think people understand just how good Philly's offensive line was last year and uh, just how well coordinated that offense was. Uh, Yeah, JDF for me is is just a guy that uh, understands modern NFL offenses and right now is hampered by a quarterback that just isn't that good uh, behind an offensive line that's really, really bad. And that small sample size is is not going to, uh, dissuade me from, you know, believing in a coach long-term. Yeah. And that's, you know, this is all speculation anyways, but, and we'll do plenty of that moving forward. Uh, if, you know, right now, I think the odds on favorite for everyone is McDaniels. And so Ross, five weeks from now, they come out, they make the announcement Josh McDaniels is the next head coach of the Green Bay Packers. What would be your first initial reaction to that? I mean, concern, but uh, as I talked, and I think uh, to, to I believe, our, our co-worker, Jacob Westendorf here on Packet A Podcast, you know, I talked myself into it almost immediately because he has made life so easy uh, for Brady. He really has. A, a Belichick, you know, he wants no part of the offense. He's the, probably the greatest defensive coordinator in the history of football. And, you know, lets his offensive guys run the offense. And it's a heck of an offense. It's an offense designed around a literal statue of a quarterback. He's a very good statue, uh, but he is a statue. And, uh, frankly, they don't have the receiver talent that Green Bay does. Uh, Gronk is a shell of his former self in the same way that, uh, you know, in the same exact way that Graham is. But beyond Edelman, I mean, what's really there? There's no Devontae Adams. Frankly, there's no Marquez Valdez Scantling. Uh, Josh Gordon's a good player, but from a depth perspective, Green Bay is 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 deeper when it comes to you know passing targets, especially with as nicked up as as New England has been throughout the year and, and having to rotate guys in and out. Uh, Aaron Jones is is the best running back on on either roster, and I think you could certainly make a case that uh, McDaniel's could use him in a James White way. He is you know that kind of guy catching the football. Uh, use Jamal Williams as as the Garrett Blunter as the Sony Michelle, and and away we go. Though I think you know Aaron's a much better runner than than James White. Uh, the, the the pieces that you could use, I think, make a lot of sense. Um, you know, you might want to get a Golden Tate or re-sign a Randall Cobb to play the Edelman role. But beyond that, it's a very easy transition into a Patriots-type offense. And, um, you know, Brady said if, if Rodgers was in our system and prepared the way that we prepare, he'd throw for 7,000 yards every year. Well, I'm excited to see what that would look like. Mm, that's good. That's a great point. Um, and, you know, so before before we get out of here, Ross – Let's just, I'm going to give you the chance. Let's say you're the Green Bay Packers. You're Mark Murphy. You're Brian Gutekunst. I am, I'm Lincoln Riley. I'm Josh McDaniels. I'm other, some other NFL, uh, you know, coach, coach perspective, uh, prospect. We're sitting down at a table. I, this is an interview. What is your sales pitch to me uh, to get me to be the next coach of the Green Bay Packers? I think I would just point out that uh, this kind of opportunity doesn't come along very often. There are very few moments in life where you get the opportunity to be the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. It was 2005, the last time somebody got that shot. And if we hire somebody that isn't you, uh, it could be 13 to 15 years before anybody else gets a shot. So um, 
you know, this is Green Bay is the number one college town in sports. And I know that doesn't make a lot of sense because, uh, you know, UWGB doesn't even have a football team. But if you have been to the, the elite college towns, if you have, um, you know, been to Madison, Wisconsin, if you've been uh, to SEC football, if you've been around Notre Dame, and then you go to uh, to Lambeau Field on a game day, it's the same feeling. It's absolutely incredible uh, the way that the entire community is really there for one thing. And you don't get that in Los Angeles. Uh, frankly, you don't even get that in Minneapolis. I mean, it's just, it's not the same deal. And I, I just think that uh, Robert Mays, you know, he, he's a, a, a brilliant writer and ranked the, the head coach openings and came up with Green Bay number one. And that guy's a lifelong Bears fan. And, and he just nailed every point. I mean, this is potentially the top job in football. The, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, especially with Aaron Rodgers, probably going to play for the first five or six years of your career. Uh, you've got quite the safety blanket there. So that'd be my pitch. And and uh, I really think they're going to get the top guy or, or one of the top two or three guys that they want. Now, whether that guy uh, is the same guy as our guy, that I think is, is what uh, remains to be seen. Well, I think uh, I would sign, I'd sign on the dotted line. <laughs> That's me. But uh, you know, so there's going to be a lot of speculation in the next four or five, six weeks. Um, I'm here for it. It's going to be a lot of fun, um, but uh, just kind of, trying to keep my head level and uh, you know, every day we're going to be talking probably going to be talking about it a lot here on pack a day podcast, um, whatever, you know, whenever new news surfaces, you can probably get that information or you will get that information here first. So um, as always, thank you guys for listening. Ross and I are going to head out uh, again. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Morley. You can find Ross at Ross Uglum. Make sure you subscribe uh, anywhere you get your podcasts and give us a five-star rating. Um, until next time. Shotgun formation of third and 15 to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rodgers looks it over and gets the snap. Backpedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Good Adams! 30! Turns up field. 25. Cutting right to the 20. 15. 10. 5. Devontae Adams to the touchdown for the touchdown. Rodgers. Looks it over, starts to his left. Now he moves, starts to the right side. Snaps A-Rod, looking downfield, being flushed. Rolling left, winds up, rainbows it high and deep into the end zone. It's high, what did it caught? It is caught for a touchdown. Yes! 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 Yes!